One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Danilo's free. And he goes to get one. Best time we've seen them attack them, and that's Brandon! Well, that's what I wanted to see Robinson do! Tyler Wani scores! And the city ground goes ballistic! Hello and welcome back to Red Side of the Trent. This is the preview show bringing you the Sheffield United preview as Forrest welcomes Sheffield United back to the Premier League and back to the city ground since that famous night in the playoffs May last year. I'm delighted to welcome Ollie from the Sheffield United way. Ollie, although I just mentioned the playoffs, are you okay? Oh, am I okay? I mean, it's a strong leading question that when we're talking about United. You're referencing playoff defeats. I'm looking at our squads that played against Crystal Palace and just weeping into my bed sheets. So overall, I am okay. I personally have had a great couple of weeks, but on the football front, I'm still yet to be convinced that we're going to be uh, too competitive. I didn't realise that Chef United's playoff record was as bad as it was until you played us and I spoke to I've got a mate he's a season ticket holder go he used to he, I don't know if he does as much anymore but he used to go up and down the country with, with mm. you and he was like yeah we, we lose all the time in semi-finals and finals I was like oh okay <laughs> yeah, literally all the time I think we've got the worst record in the country now I think previously I think it was Sunderland but they won league one playoffs a couple of seasons ago and so we've overtaken them now to be officially the worst playoff team in England yeah um just touching on it, our semi-final was one of the best two legs I've seen in playoffs until Sheffield Wednesday last season. <laughs> uh, but no, but from an from a from a championship perspective, <laughs> I thought it was really good. Obviously, like we dominated you at Bramwell Lane, and then you yeah. came to the city ground and dominated us after we took the lead, and it was a it was a great spectacle. I mean, a horrible way to lose, obviously on penalties. No one wants to lose on penalties. It's a glorious way to win, obviously. But uh, yeah, times have passed, but. I did want to ask you a bit of a, maybe a bit of a deep question, actually, because there's the running joke that Sheffield United have got the only Saudi that's not rich in the Premier League. And for people like myself who only vaguely know minor details about this, Mm. and obviously there was the whole thing of you can only spend 20 million this season. Why is that? And and what's happening? And and like, yeah, basically why? Yeah, it's... It's a deep and it is an interesting question. It's one that I think a lot of United fans are still coming to terms with as well because you've got two sides to this coin. Um, there's a really good 
um, sort of finance expert on Twitter called Darren Smith. Um, he's done a lot of work with United and he's really good at breaking down our financial position and trying to explain to the fans why we're in the position that we are. But effectively, it does come down to a number of different avenues, really. Um, one that, quite frankly, our owner hasn't got that much money. You know, he owns a Premier League football club, but he himself is not a particularly rich man. And so he's not able and he's not really willing to fund a football club in the way that a lot of other owners would, particularly through the mass losses that you see, particularly in the championship at the moment. He's not got the money available to do that. We're also still on a little bit of an overhang from when we were last in the Premier League. So the last time we were here, we did spend 100 and. 50, 160 million pound on new players, you know, and a lot of those signings have been very unsuccessful. You know, I'm looking at them now and I'm thinking back, Sander Berger for, I think, 23 million pound. Now that he was a good player. Um, he had a good time with United, you know, we've now sold him and got, I think, 13 million pound back. So 10 million pound loss. And we dropped down a division for two or three of those seasons and he never really stood out. 20 plus million pound on Rian Brewster, 20 million pound on Ollie McBurney. And suddenly you start to see this spending that has added up and added up and that we've not got any return on, but also that's not materially improved the squad that much. We're not any better than we were when we came up under Wilder. And so it's left us still paying off some of the installments on these fees. We found ourselves in a transfer embargo last January because we couldn't pay. I believe it was one of the installments due on Rian Brewster, but that could be wrong. It might have been a, a different player, but I understand it to be Brewster. And yeah, so we're just in this position where despite the promotion, it's almost as if the promotion has kept the wolves at bay rather than actually allowing us to go out and really improve the squad again. You've seen this summer now, like I referenced before, we've sold Sanderberger who was one of these sort of record signings that we made. We've also sold our best player from last season in Illiman and Die. He's gone to join his boyhood club, Marseille, who very sadly were knocked out of the Champions League last night. I was, for one, heartbroken for them. Um, and so, yeah, it's one of those seasons where we are gearing up for a fight. We've started to make signings. I think with the money that's coming for Ndai and the money that's coming for Brewster, we have got a little bit more budget to play with. We brought in Gustavo Harmer from Coventry, who I think is a really, really positive signing. It's a sign of our intent as well that we've paid the money we needed to get him out. And there are rumours that we're sort of looking at sort of £10 million, a little bit more than that, of trying to get Cameron Archer out of Aston Villa as well. So there is a little bit more money and a little bit more optimism. But generally speaking, it's high spending from the last time we were in the Premier League, as well as our owner himself not being a particularly rich man that had together to leave us in a little bit of a financial mess. And promotion was more requirement than it was nice to have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if you get, I'd be, I'll be fuming if Camarasha goes to Chef United because he'd be a player I'd, I'd want Forrest to look at because I think he was terrific for Bora. He, he was all right. He was all right for Preston on loan before when Forrest got promoted. Yeah. And I watched him in the Euros, and every time he gone up, come on, he looked he looked really good. Also, I'd be I'd be I'd be also puzzling as as a Villa fan why you'd get rid of him, especially with their rotation. But we, that's a, that's a different podcast altogether, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and obviously, you haven't mentioned a few people there. I mean, James McAteer, Tom Adoyle went back to City, and you've not brought them back in. That's the loan the loan curse, like what we had with obviously that's why we signed about a million <laughs> yeah. players last season. Jack O'Connell's had to retire for his knee injury, unfortunately. Like me, yep. my friend used to say, like he could play for a top six side at one point when he was back last back in the uh, Premier League, sorry. And then Billy Sharp's obviously retired, I believe. So you've lost a lot of players. And then 
and then obviously, yeah, I think Gus, Gus Hamer is a really smart sign-in. I think he's a really good player and and someone that will be industrious in central midfield. But it's the players around him probably that's going to be yeah. kind of hamper you almost. Not 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 that they're bad players or anything. I think it's just the standard, isn't it? It is. It's that stepping up. And it does feel as though if you like, for example, the team that United played on Saturday, we had a midfield three of Oliver Norwood, Ben Osborne and Chris Basham. And I mean, no disrespect to those players, but, you know, you laugh. I laughed when I saw it. I was like, oh, good one. Now where's the real team? Um, because that was such a step backwards from where we were last year. You know, you've referenced the players that we've lost. Billy's not retired. He's gone to LA Galaxy, surprisingly. Oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the randomest moves of the summer. He's signed. But yeah, it's... There are some big losses in there. You know, Jack O'Connell's not played for us for sort of two maybe even three seasons now. So yeah, it's, it's not that he has an immediate impact on our first team squad, but he should have played for England and would have done, was it not for this terrible injury that he picked up? Billy, I think, played sort of 15 to 20 games last year. McAtee and Doyle. Now, we're still hopeful that McAtee potentially comes back. Um, obviously, Man City are having a look at him. He came on in their game on Friday night against Burnley. But there is a suggestion that with Bernardo Silva signing a new contract, McAtee might be made available for loan, particularly if they bring in Lucas Piqueta, as is being reported. Obviously, De Bruyne being injured complicates things. So we're hopeful McAtee might come back in. But it's a lot of experience lost. And the players that were signing, I think one of the risks that we've got, particularly at the start of the season, and to be honest, this... I said to somebody the other day, we could have done with playing Man U, Liverpool, City, Arsenal, first four games, because we've not got a squad. Like, our team's just not together. And if we're going to have to play a bit part team, let's lose the games we were going to lose anyway, not have this affect the games that were potentially winnable, or at least games where we could have got a point. So, for Friday night, we're hopeful that we'll see Vinny Souza make his full debut, get a start. Harmer should come in and make a start. Hopefully, we'll have a striker from somewhere rather than continuing with Willa Sula, a 19-year-old who made his first ever start for United last Saturday against Palace. But yeah, it's it's one of them where the players that we've lost haven't been replaced. Or if they have been replaced, they've been replaced by players who aren't fully fit because they've not had a pre-season or don't know how to play this quite unique United style that we still have with the 3-5-2 and the centre-backs who are trying to get forward. You you shoehorn into a into my next point quite well there. I thought um, style obviously this is the, this is the thing right. So Forrest got promoted and I was like, well, I can watch the championship now, relaxed, not have to worry about it. Didn't watch like I watched maybe two games and yeah. I like and it was not not from the fact of not like not trying or anything, but I was going to a lot of the games myself or just yeah. like. I remember turning on Burnley against Norwich and you think, oh yeah, this would be good. And it was 2-0 within 10 minutes to Burnley. They just walked the league. Obviously, I think they, they got smashed by you guys though. I think three or four nil in one game, didn't they? So, five two. We did five two at Bramall Lane. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. So what are you is is Sheffield United continuing that style of, of wing backs? I think that's what I look seeing on Match of the Day and, and when yes. I seen the Palace score. Um is Heggenbottom uh, like Carrying on with that that style, that kind of wilder style where you had overlapping centre backs. I bet Emma Dodzic is right on it, to be honest. With that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arnell absolutely loves it. It, it. He's built for the system, to be honest. It's one of those where we created this system out of necessity. You know, it got the best out of players like Chris Basham and Jack O'Connell, but it's been really hard to replace them. So we've tried to continue with the same system. It's still the 3 5 2 that we've been playing, or the 5 3 2 more likely now in the Premier League with our fullbacks being a little bit deeper. We are encouraging 
our left and right centre-backs to get forward. Obviously, Jack Robinson struggles a little bit with that. Obviously, you've seen him at your place. I don't think you would describe him as a flying, overlapping centre-back. No. <laughs> don't quite really. suit him the same. But Anel has took to it like a duck to water. And I think part of the reason we've brought in Vinny Souza, who by all accounts is a little bit of a defensive midfield destroyer, is that if Anel is going to make those runs, we still have somebody in to cover him, somebody who's going to take up that position. It just gives a little bit more freedom down that right-hand side. But it is a similar system. The only difference is that we are under Wilder. I'm trying to find the right ways of describing this because what I'm going to say is going to sound negative, but it's not supposed to because it's been really successful. And what happened last season is that we had an outstanding player in the division in Illiman and Jai. And so whenever we had games where we were struggling, he could get the ball and create us a moment of magic, which generally would be enough to get a goal and then to potentially win a game because we're quite a good defensively solid unit. But under Wilder, we had a repeatable system for how you create a chance and score a goal. We had overlapping centre-backs. We also had win-backs pushed high. We had a floater in the 10 who would move forward and you'd create an overload on either your left-hand side or your right-hand side. That would mean that either you had a free player on the wing who can pick his cross or a centre-back would step out and you've got a free man in the middle for a cutback. And we did that from both sides and it was really consistent and really successful. We've had to move away from that, as I say, because we've not quite got the players that suit it. On the right-hand side, it can still work. You can have one of your strikers move out. You can create your overload, create your chance. But on the left-hand side, it's a little bit more stunted and it's a bit more reliant on the brilliance of individual talent like Illiman and Jai, like Sanderberger. Oh, no, wait a minute. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a familiar system, tweaked a little bit, more defensively solid, but maybe without the repeatable attacks that create your chances and create your goals. Yeah, I mean, it was it was such an interesting <laughs> tactic to watch unfold in the Premier League when Wilder come <laughs> up. It was brilliant. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Tell me about, obviously, Saturday, 1-0 loss to Palace when I watched Match of the Day. Because, I mean, it's hard to say from highlights, but it looked like they could have won 3 or 4-0, to be honest. They had a few goals disallowed. Yeah. Uh, Max Lowe, who who I do do actually have <laughs> spoke to personally uh, before when he was playing for Derby, actually, um, mm. had, a, had a little bust up with Roy Hodgson, fun times. Uh, was that the <laughs> highlight of the game as the Sheffield United fan? Yeah, it didn't get much better than that, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was it, that was a weird one, to be honest, because obviously... One of the things, it was entertaining, it was funny. Um, I think everybody's enjoyed it as well. It obviously seemed to be taken in good natures by both Lowe and Hodgson. So it's entertaining to see, but, you know, to be captain misery pants, I think their lad should have been booked for uh, a little bit of time wasting and kicking the ball into Hodgson in the first place. But, you know, you don't have to apply the rules to both teams equally. It's fine. <laughs> in terms of the game, though, more generally, 
United just started it with a team that wasn't ready for the Premier League. There's, I can't describe it any other way, you know. I don't want to call out any of the players or to say that anybody personally, individually did anything wrong because that 11 that we put out on Saturday did as good as they could be expected. They challenged, they were physical, they defended quite well in terms of just facing wave after wave of attack. But the difference in quality of the players on show was quite frankly a little bit embarrassing. Um, you know, you've got Eze, like I say, I think we put Chris Basham in the team to do a job on him, as it were. And turns out that Chris Basham, as good as he is, as much as I love the man, as much as he's a legend, isn't really at Eberetti as his uh, level right now yeah, at this stage of his career. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just a little bit of a rude awakening. It made us realise that actually this team's nowhere near. Like without mm. additions, we are in a real mess. The front two, Willa Sula, who I referenced before, was started last season on loan at Derby, couldn't get in the team at Derby. He then came back to United and didn't play a game from January to the end of the season due to injuries. He's then started our first game in the Premier League with a 20-year-old who we've signed from Hacken in Sweden. Um, he looks a talent. Benny Traore could be a real player. He's fast. He's also maybe eight stone wet through. Um, and so it's really difficult to expect him to, you know, he did what he could. He tried, he ran about, he tried to test their defence. If you bring him on as a sub for the last 10 minutes, when you're playing tired defenders, he might have a really big impact. But for 90 minutes, we just couldn't get or keep the ball. So what was happening is they'd attack, we'd tackle them, we'd maybe pass it about two or three times between our centre-halves and then we'd try and go forward and lose the ball immediately and it mm. would come back and come back. You know, they had one disallowed for offside in the first half, one disallowed for offside in the second half. They scored one. Wes has made two or three really good saves. So, you know, I've looked at it positively. One nil was better than I expected when the team was announced. But yeah, quite frankly, it was a, it was a rude awakening and it's not given us loads of optimism. But there should be numerous changes for Friday night. We're not expecting to see that same team come out again. Yeah, obviously, before you come on here, you said you do a prediction show. Was you pleasantly surprised? I mean, I don't know if you could be pleasantly <laughs> surprised, but you was, was you surprised by the scoreline at the Emirates for Forest? Yeah, I was, because I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I came out, I thought that generally your history of going to the Emirates hasn't been it's particularly <laughs> strong. Um, I think I went through something like you've lost 4-0, 4-0, 5-0 the last few times you've been there. And so mm. obviously it's a real sign of progress. And I actually, from checking the stats for the show we did this week, I think you won the XG. I think you created better in terms of big chances as categorized that, by, that's, what, that's, that, by that's a win. That's a win for yeah. Thomas Frank at Brentford. <laughs> if, you, if you win on XG, you've won the game, that is. so It's basically, yeah. so effectively, you've got three points, really. In spirit, you've got those three <laughs> points. But I think that shows what a performance it was for yourselves to go there and to be able to stifle them and to create chances of your own. Um, and that worried me a little bit. Obviously, you've also got Morgan Gibbs-White, and that worries me a lot because it's written in the stars that he's going to have a fantastic game and come back to haunters for not being able to keep him around when we had him for that season on loan. But yeah, I was really impressed, actually, I thought last weekend. I thought even in defeat, it was a good performance from Forrest and just shows that you are going to be a pretty good team, I think, this season. Who who did 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 a langer and a one you scare you a little bit on that counter attack? I mean, I was like quite quite surprised when I seen a one you run. I was like, bloody hell, he's he shed a few few pounds off this summer. 
Yeah, he, it was one of them where he, it wasn't a skill I thought he'd got when I was watching yeah. the game. I thought, I didn't realise that that was uh, quite how a one year was going to be able to play. But yeah, it does. And I think pace is something that United really do struggle against. And that's mm. one of the things that always worries me. You know, that's why it's going to be important that we have brought in this Sousa because he's going to be that defensive just breaker. So if you're trying to run through us, he's going to stop you running through us. That's got to be the plan because we've been susceptible to pace for a long time. Whereas if you can just run at our defence one-on-one, they can be got at. And therefore, we've got to be able to try and find a way to stop them having the space to run through us and to create chances in the way that you did in that game. Yeah. How do you think you're going to set up on on Friday? I mean, you mentioned that you think there'll be a fair few changes. Like, What would you predict a lineup be and then how how would you what would you do if you was if you was Paul Heckenbottom or at least in his ear <laughs> telling him what kind of game plan you'd you'd have? Yeah, so I think in terms of a predicted eleven, I think the back six will probably stay the same as long as George Bollock is fit. He went down with cramp at the end. So it'll be Fodderingham in goal. It'll be the back three of Anel, Egan, and it'll still be Jack Robinson. I imagine we've got Austin Trusty from Arsenal, who was on loan at Birmingham last year. Had a really impressive season in the championship. Birmingham's player of the year. He was the second top scorer in centre half behind Anel. So that's quite a fun stat. Uh, but I'm not expecting him to come into the team for this one. I think it will still be Robinson. It'll then be Max Lowe and George Baldock as our wing-backs. Again, reliant on both of those being fit as both picked up knocks in the game against Palace. But the midfield is where I think we're going to see a lot of changes. I would expect Vinny Souza to start to come in to play the defensive midfield role. I think Harmer will definitely start. We've had comments from Heckingbottom today that says he's ready and fit to go. He started the season, he played a game already for Coventry, so he should be ready to come in and start the game and potentially play 90. Um, Alongside them, my prediction is that it will be Ben Osborne. I think he'll play for the sort of energy, for the running, for the legs that he brings to the team. And then in front of them, it's slim pickings. Ollie McBurn is still not fully fit, so it might be that we see Traore and Asula again. And uh, if that is the case, I don't imagine your defenders are going to have a massively troubling afternoon. I don't think they're exactly going to be uh, running away scared when they see the lineup. In terms of what I think we'll try and do, it's going to be a lot about trying to hit you on the break. We're going to try and sit deep. We're going to try and make you come on to us and then use Traore and Asula's pace to try and get in behind you. I think the risk of that tactic myself is that while they have got pace, the control of the ball isn't always fantastic. And so we need to sort of just find a way to get ourselves up the pitch to support those players. If it was my choice, I'd have Slomani in instead of Osborne. I'd push him forwards a little bit so that if you are coming on to us, we've got two deeper midfielders, one slightly forward to form a three with Traore and Asula. And that might allow us a little bit of control where we can hold the ball and not just be under constant wave of attacks as what happened against Palace. Mm. I'm I'm intrigued to see what Steve Cooper does because obviously, like you say, you're you're thinking we'll have a lot of the ball, and I expect us to have a lot of the ball because Steve Cooper and even Morgan Gibbs White said throughout the summer yeah. that he expects the style to change because he was like, oh, "We're playing a way that that the gaffer doesn't want us to play." So I'm expecting to see something different. Second half against Arsenal, we definitely came onto him a lot stronger. Oh, yeah. We 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 pressed him. I mean, I remember Brian Yates just pushing Erdegaard to the floor and like not giving a <laughs> shit who he is, sort of thing. Which was which was would have been nice to do in the first half, to be a, to be honest, Ryan. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's interesting to say to see if we go to a four or we keep the wing backs because Cooper does like the wing backs, especially Alaino is coming from Torino looks mm. rapid. And I think obviously Baldock likes to get forward, and I feel like you play Aina there, and it kind of pushes him back. But 
I mean, Anthony Alanga looks bloody rapid. And then, I mean, I think yeah. if him, Johnson, Gibbs White behind, a one is a bit of a terrifying for, even like for a team that's probably in the lower regions of the Premier League, to be honest. So <laughs> it will be interesting to see how we go. Um, Awundi wasn't completely fit, so I think if I think if he's not on the team sheet, I think you can kind of breathe maybe a slight relief until he comes on because because he's a bully. He's bullied Saliba, he bullied Ti- Thiago Silva last season, so I'm not sure. Bring on John Egan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think he might laugh at him to be honest. No offense to John Egan, but he might he might smile at him at least. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting game, I think as well as, though, the, it's the occasion, because there is some kind of disdain between the two clubs, mainly because of history, and location is not too far. There's yeah. always someone that hates Sheffield United. I'm pretty sure there's always a Sheffield United fan that always hates Forest, And I think yeah. it's healthy. I think that's good, because Leicester tried to have a right... Leicester tried to have a rivalry last season and we just like patted them on the head thing. But I think Sheffield United are kind of our rival other than Wolves because we've got because we've got the Gibbs White connection. But yeah. what are you are you coming to the city ground? Uh I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm uh, at a family funeral on Friday. So unfortunately, I'm not able to uh, come to the game. Um but I came last time and obviously I've been to the previous visits and I always I always hate it, if I'm being honest. I lo- It's one of those where somebody asked me at the start of the season, what away games would you be looking forward to? And at the time, obviously, we were planning slightly differently. And I'd said, I want to go to Forest away. Um, it's one of the most fun away games of the season. We always lose, which is fantastic. Uh, but other than that, it's really fun coming because I love the atmosphere. It feels like there is a, really a bit of a rivalry there. That's mm-hmm. There's something about being inside that atmosphere that I think makes for a much more entertaining game. I'd much rather do that than some of the other Premier League away games that you get where you kind of sit there and everybody's just sort of smiling and patting each other on the back about having a great day out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really like this away day. I think it's a fun one. I like the rivalry that we've got between us. Um, I just wish it would go our way a bit more whenever I'm there. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because actually playoff game, you technically beat us over 180 minutes, 2-1. Um, so, it didn't feel that way, though. I'll be honest with <laughs> you. When, when I left, when I got in car on my way home, I didn't go... <laughs> Nice win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were like one of the only few teams that beat us that season at the City Ground. So yeah, so yeah, I think I think the atmosphere will be big, especially if it's a Friday night, which is also yeah. very good start to the weekend. It's it, night under. I think any stadium under the night under the lights is always really good. Um, yeah. First game of the season at home, so it'll be amplified. But actually, an extra thousand blades in the City Ground, yeah. so that'll be an interesting one. Ollie, thank you very much for joining us. Before you go, can I get a score prediction? A score prediction. Am I going with my head or my heart? What do you think? Where shall I go? Um, uh, I mean, you, you did a prediction show. You can't change from that. What, can, you? can you? Show, or can I you? can't change from that. So in which case, I am going to go for a 2-0 Forest win. Oh, I mean, I bet that hurts. That stings. I mean, I, don't I worry, mean, you get... You get used to saying that your team's going to lose every week. I did last season. <laughs> this is to, if you if you want a little bit of like kind of I don't know a bit of hope. I'm probably get slated for this actually on Twitter or whatever. But <laughs> this has got a banana skin potential all over it because obviously maybe a bit of complacency might slip in, especially into the fan base. But yeah. I think I think the atmosphere will be it, the, the occasion's too good. Like when we played Bournemouth and Fulham last season, no one gave a shit because they were yeah. like our oh, two teams that don't really bring that many fans and like I mean Fulham have a neutral end that says it all no offence to Fulham but they do I mean um, come on that's, that's very, a crime against football isn't it that's, that's going to be a crime against football 
<laughs> it's very, very, very strange. Um, yeah, so we weren't really up for those those games against the other two promoted sides we've come up. So we've got to be 100% this season. Um, if anyone wants to check out uh, the Sheffield United way, where can they find it? Yeah, so you can find Sheffield United Way. So just to be clear, Sheffield United Way rather than Sheffield. Uh, we're on YouTube at Sheffield United Way. We're on Twitter at Sheffield United Way. Or you can follow me personally. I'm at Beastly Ollie. Please don't judge me for it. Uh, where you can see, obviously, the prediction show that we do, but also I host a championship podcast. For anybody who's still interested in the goings on in the championship, I can uh, give you a little bit of a rundown on that as well. Thank you very much, Ollie. Uh, I would wish you good luck for Friday, but I would not mean it. <laughs> Yeah, you can wish us good luck for the week after. It's uh, it's quite an easy one, I think. It's winnable. Man City at home. Um, oh, so that'll Arlen be where we get his three captain points. captain coming in on fantasy <laughs> football. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, cheers again. Thank you. And we'll see you in the next one. Anytime. Thanks very much, mate. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.